This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you an examination of Montana's new landscape with new laws, a new governor, and a new Republican dominance across all of state government. Montana's troubled teen industry is tucked into the wooded mountains of Northwest Montana, where these programs treat youth with different behavioral health issues in the isolated landscape away from their homes and family and friends. The industry has undergone a few sea changes in regulations over the past 16 years to better ensure the safety of these participants, but issues remain. Seaborn, late last month you learned about a suicide at a therapeutic boarding school for troubled girls outside of Thompson Falls, and we now know that state officials are investigating the death. What can you tell us about what's happening there? So on June 25th, staff at Reflections Academy, that's one of these schools for girls aged uh, 13 through 18, had found a 17-year-old girl there had hanged herself at the program. Um, I had done some deep reporting on these programs in the past with two other reporters while I was at the Missoulian, and someone from Thompson Falls had tipped us off about it. And so a few days later, I had learned the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services was investigating the death with uh, Child Protective Services. And so on July 1st, a Missoulian photographer and I, Tom Bauer, uh, went up to Thompson Falls to attend this girl's memorial at Community Congregational Church. And it was a pretty striking scene. Um, The girl is not from Montana, and so uh, you kind of got a sense that this memorial was really more for the program participants. There was the first responders who arrived at Reflections Academy when they got the call. Um, The girl's mother was there and uh, a few others from the community. And so um, sort of one by one, these girls got up and hugged and grieved with this girl's mother and kind of throughout the service, uh, girls would get up and and sort of tell stories about how they had forged a relationship and a pretty strong friendship with this girl um, through the years they had been there together. Certainly, I think um, living in a program like that uh, can really develop a strong relationship between people if you, if you sort of feel like you're alone at these programs together. W- were you able to, to speak with any of the other participants or the mother of the, the girl while you were there? We were not, and so after the service concluded, um, we sort of stood outside and uh, waited to see if anybody was willing to talk, and staff had not... Um, her staff had been told not to uh, talk to the media about this event. Mm-hmm. Um, I was unable to get a hold of the mother a few days later. Um, once I had uh, her name and some contact information, I've tried to reach out to the mother as well, and I uh, am yet to hear back at this point. So the staff were ordered not to speak with the media, but you were allowed to be at the – they allowed you to attend the ceremony, correct? And that's um, – I you know, this is probably an important point. We didn't, uh, we weren't technically invited. This was, um, you know, we had heard of the memorial from a staff member at Reflections Academy who gave me the time and the address of, um, of where this memorial would be. And so um, to be as respectful as possible um, without being, uh, you know, officially invite, invited to this thing, uh, the photographer and I um, walked in. I didn't uh, record and 
and Tom Bauer didn't bring his uh, camera gear in. We came in and we just wanted to see sort of um, how these how these girls were reacting to this news and how um, you know the adults who oversee these children were sort of handling uh, this girl's death and. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a heartbreaking scene for sure. So, so these programs uh, do work with at-risk youth. Um, why is this death significant? So these programs do put a lot of policies in place, and there are a lot of regulations in place today uh, to avoid incidents like these. But and the suicides are rare. There's only about three that we're aware of in the uh, 30 or so years that these programs have really been established Mm -hmm. in Montana. But what I know from reporting on these programs over the course of a year in uh, 2018 is that these programs have been accused of negligence and practices that um, have made some of these behavioral health issues uh, for participants worse than when they went in. And suicides in the past have sort of served as these mile markers uh, for when the state addresses issues within the system. You know, Michelle Mickey Manning, who runs Reflections Academy, was also in charge of uh, a former program called Spring Creek Lodge back in 2004 when a 16-year-old girl um, killed herself there. That was when the state first got involved, actually, in the um, regulatory process. And uh, in the year after this girl had killed herself, um, the legislature set up... um, what came to be known as the Private Adolescent Alternative Residential or Outdoor Programs Board. And this was mm-hmm. essentially a, a board that um, where more, the majority of the people on this board were actually program owners themselves. And okay. so it was sort of the self-regulating model that um, the legislature ultimately decided on. So uh, what can you tell me about the history of the industry? You know, I think it was back around in the 90s when um, some of these programs were starting to move out of other states, sort of in the West. A lot of them have this sort of outdoors backdrop where it's supposed to be sort of this summer camp experience for um, kids with really, really serious um, issues. And so, uh, you know, Mickey Manning when after the suicide happened, came to the legislature herself and said, you know, she came to Montana to start Spring Creek Lodge after um, her own daughter was having issues in back at their home in California. And she left California because she thought the regulations were too strict and uh, they weren't able to kind of create this unique, um, you know, treatment environment that, uh, that they thought might be better off for their own children. And so... Um, from there, Spring Creek Lodge landed in Thompson Falls, and I think in the uh, late 90s, it was uh, one of the biggest employers in the county, in Sanders County. So it, I think at its height, there were 500 children at these programs. The largest one today has 80 beds, and so that's a pretty significant mm-hmm. um, program, at least tucked away in a place like Thompson Falls. You don't think about any gathering of 500 people when you think about that deep in northwest Montana. and right. so. The, uh, um, the regulatory structure that emerged from uh, that 2005 legislature that gave the program owners sort of the, um, the power to, to uh, consider what is, what, what is worthy of discipline and what, we're, what isn't when we're talking about these programs that try to um, develop all these new methods um, just because this is, you know, this is an in- industry that's basically waiting at the end of the pipe, once parents have tried 
to get their kids through um, like public school therapists or mm-hmm. private counselors and so many other options have um, failed them this these are the people waiting at the end of that pipe that say you know we are um, we're able to to help your kid thrive again and so that went on for about 12 years and in our investigation in uh, 2018 found that um, across 12 years there were 58 complaints against these programs and not one of them uh, ended in a significant sanction against um, the the program and so um, in 2017 we have a second suicide over the course of this industry in Montana that was at a different academy this is a different program at Montana Academy and that was sort of what um, brought that investigation to, to our desk and, and to look into um, how these programs are, are managed and, and regulated by the state when they deal with um, kids with such significant needs. And so our series uh, was published in early 2019, just as about the time the uh, legislature was winding up. And um, with that series, lawmakers actually decided to end the PARP board, as it was described, and um, give regulatory oversight to the uh, state health department, where they, it would go under the Quality Assurance Licensing Bureau that um, sort of was already doing these kind of things um, over different different behavioral health facilities in the state. So after that change, you know, the, the effects of the new regulation were pretty swift. Within a month, um, the Department of Public Health and Human Services and the Montana Department of Justice raided another program out by Rexford uh, called Ranch for Kids. They removed 27 children and uh, within a few months had permanently revoked that program's mm-hmm. license. That's following allegations of abuse and neglect by staff and um, you know just totally un- unclean and unlivable conditions where these these kids have been living for years a lot of those kids specifically were um, adopted from overseas more more of more than not of them uh, from Russia and uh, these were these were failed adoptions with um, you know kids who had been living there for years because no one was coming back to get them other programs had just left the state to avoid the new regulations you know that lax setting that they came for really wasn't uh, part of the landscape anymore, and so um, you know, others uh, closed down due to enrollment issues. But um, you know, we're down to about ten programs in the state now, and, and some issues have certainly remained. At a Reflections Academy, specifically, uh, two brothers there who have worked with Mickey Manning across several programs have both been accused of sexual misconduct in um, the several cases. Uh, one of these brothers, Chafin Pullen was accused in 2018 of molesting a girl at Reflections Academy, but Sanders, the Sanders County attorney, told me he wouldn't pursue those charges because the girl was over the age of consent. In that case, specifically, uh, spawned another new law that the 2019 legislature had passed that outlawed any sexual relationships between the staff and the youth that they're treating at these programs. Can you shed a little bit of light on um, how to navigate reporting on these stories, um, how you, you, you get... Uh, official information from the regulatory bodies and uh, most of these participants I would imagine are juveniles so they have a higher right to privacy so how do you navigate reporting on these issues and it's yeah it is definitely tough and um, back when the PARP board was still regulating these uh, programs under the Department of Labor and, and Industry 
um, we had to go through months and months of record requests and waiting to um, get back on the complaints uh, that had been filed against these places. We never got any of those, but we did get um, the policies that had uh, that had been submitted to the state by these programs and sort of the uh, um, the rules and the decisions that the um, the park board had made on these complaints, and then um, you know Lucy Tompkins, who was uh, a reporter at the Missoulian at the time, she sort of went to um, all these places and just looked up from um, you know local officials any calls to 911 that had been made uh, from these addresses where um, these programs are at, where um, you know these runaways had been located eventually. Uh, the the amount of, of work that Lucy did before I got really involved in this program was really amazing. Um, you know the the other side of this was was speaking with kids who had um, left the program and it, and it felt like they had really been wronged while they were there in terms of um, their own mental health and how it may have been damaged more by the time they left by the time they then when they went in and so. Um, between that and then trying to get on these properties and see uh, for ourselves what what it looks like at, at these programs um, was extremely difficult. You know, we, I'd been kicked off a couple properties um, in reporting on this. You know, other other program owners were, were willing to speak, and um, you know, there, we did get one tour of uh, Montana Academy that um, you know sort of opened our eyes to kind of the residential setting of these places but um, it's hard it's hard to to determine right where where a kid stands because you know they're not um, they're not they're not really able to vocalize or look back yet at how this program is affecting them while they're in it you know mm -hmm. the so much of the treatment is about um, you know l learning to abide by the program's standards and, and f kind of getting in line with what the program needs them to do and what they're there for really but um, you know we've it's this line that I hear over and over and over from um, participants and former participants of these programs who um, definitely feel like they were helped by these by these uh, programs and they've all almost universally say that um, you know without this program I'd be dead today hmm. and whether that you know some kids go there because they uh, you can't shake these suicidal ideations and other kids frankly get sent to these programs because their mom found a joint in their drawer and uh, the parents are, are too concerned to um, to try to work it out with the kid and want to send it to send them to somewhere like this where they think they can get some fresh air and some new views on life and it's um, just kind of this like scattershot of uh, reasons why kids are at these programs and so um, trying to trying to distill all that down into a reasonable um, readable series was uh, was was definitely a, a tough part on on getting that series out published hmm. okay so uh, what's happening now uh, with these allegations against uh, reflections Academy where this girl died by suicide last month and so back uh, on July 1st when I was in Thompson Falls I went to the courthouse and I uh, looked up the some of the lawsuits that we had reported on just to check on the status of them and uh, there's a new one um, that the Missoulian had reported on in January I'm no longer at the Missoulian but uh, 13 former participants of these programs where Mickey Manning um, 
had either worked or uh, ran uh, was suing these uh, suing reflections for emotional, psychological, and uh, sexual abuse during their time there. Specifically, um, one girl alleges she was sexually assaulted by Cameron Pullen. That's one of the two brothers. And a few weeks ago, Cameron Pullen had filed a response to that allegation, uh, saying that there may be a criminal investigation underway into that complaint. And so he was going to exercise his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. And the sheriff's office uh, in Sanders County didn't return my calls when I reached out to ask about that investigation. So that's obviously something we're going to watch and follow up on. And uh, following this death, uh, what should we expect to see here? You know, this is the first time since uh, the agency took control of um, oversight on this industry that the Department of Health and Human Services has undertaken this type of investigation into a program. The raid against Ranch for Kids was launched so quickly because when the department took oversight of this industry, it already had that would mean it received 10 years of allegations of abuse and neglect. Um, at that time, the oversight was exchanged. So this is an entirely new incident. And so I think the department um, has a lot of work to do with different agencies and uh, community partners on the ground in Thompson Falls to really get to the bottom of how this girl died under the watch of so many staff. Well, folks, uh, that's another episode of Big Sky Lead. Um, if you want to keep hearing this, make sure to subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Thanks, Igor. Thanks so much, Tom.